Welcome to the Stay Curious podcast brought to you by Alpha UK. My name's Chloe and this is Alex. This podcast is all about being open-minded, staying curious and fueling your intrigue. We're going to be hearing stories from people all across the UK and beyond. We're going to be covering big things, small things, the totally irreverent as well as the deeply theological. We hope you have fun listening along. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Stay Curious podcast. It's great to be with you. We are back again for another episode and um, another highlight of my journey towards turning 40, Chloe. Yeah, as you know, we kick off with Alex's 40 before 40, 40 challenges before he turns 40 next year. Yeah. This year. Yes, it's coming I know. up soon. It's coming up soon. Yeah, so, I've got four months left. You've ticked another one off recently, Al. What have you done? Yeah, well, I ran a half marathon. Wow, that's impressive. Thanks. Thanks very much. I did, again, no training. Classic, Al. Yes. I had planned to do a lot of training. I booked it in, and then in the weeks running up to it, just didn't do any... Couldn't be bothered. No. And then the night before, I actually did it with producer Josh, who um, produces the podcast, who is like... He's, he's like than me. and yeah. a pro, like he's done actual yes. marathons. He's Not that half marathons aren't no, an actual he's done marathon. Real marathon. He's done long ones. And yeah. I was sort of with my wife Liz having a bottle of wine on a Saturday night, watching some TV, and then um, thought I could do that. Well, no, producer Josh <laughs> popped in and was like, "I think we should do it. Right, let's get up at eight o'clock and run a half marathon." It was in a break. Oh, like the next day. Yeah, it wasn't a. It was like at an event. It was like a half marathon event. Right. Um. So yeah. How do you do? Do you remember your time? Oh, you don't want to tell people. Yeah. I did it in two hours and 14 minutes. Nice. Well, I think that's good. Well, I got I've, ne- I've never done one, so. Yeah, I survived. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. It With no well. training. With no training, yeah. Well it wasn't done, enjoyable Al. in any way. No, well, you wouldn't do it again? No. You wouldn't do a full? No. No, no. Not in any way. Well, I ticked it off. Yep. Job Maybe done. we should add a full marathon to your 40 before 40. No. no. Not interested. No. Well, at the start of the podcast, we also answer some questions. You've been sending them in about what you're curious about. And this week's question says, I'm curious to know what is your latest or your biggest uh-oh moment? Like a face palm, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just did that. Okay. So I can actually think of one that I did really recently. So um, I was driving to our church service on a Sunday morning and in Wales, they've... I've just thought of a really good one for, for mine. For yours? Yeah, I just, well, really, can I, I finish? Yeah, you finish yours. Yeah. <laughs> In Wales, they've turned everything to 20 miles an hour. So everyone's driving really slow. And I was late for church. So I happened to be driving a little bit up someone's car bonnet. <laughs> I did repent about it later. And I was like, come on, come on, this person's driving so slow, I'm going to be late. And I was like up their bum a little bit. And then we came to the turn in into church and they indicated left. And I was like, what, oh no. They went into oh. our church and parked. And I quickly like parked and ran out of the car so they wouldn't see it was me. And I was like, oh, that was a big face palm you moment. You have to be um, I careful my when you are a church, in church ministry that you don't have road rage and then yeah. you realise it's congregation. It wasn't anymore. road rage. No. I, just, I was just running a bit late. Yeah. yeah. How, what was yours? Um, the one that pops in my head actually involves you. So, do you remember the other day when... Um, you oh, sent I know what this is. Okay. Of a COVID test. Yes. So I think you'd just come back from. I'd Malaysia. been traveling in Malaysia and I caught COVID and I was really, really ill. And uh, I text my boss, you know, a picture of my COVID test. Go, throwback to 2020, <laughs> although, you know. I think I must have woken up to and it. Alex replied. No, wait, no, let me okay. see. I basically woke up to this thing. And I hope this is okay to say, but also I um, have been, I am practicing. But if you do send me a news that you're pregnant and you're going off on maternity leave, 
that my response won't be that I'm panicking about your work, but instead that my response will be amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> so yeah. I just get a really like, what I thought was a sarcastic text from Alex. Yay, congratulations. And I thought, oh, <laughs> cheers, Al. I went, I went, oh, amazing. This is such great yeah. news. And I was like, congratulations. Yeah. Send my love to Russo. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe you said that. I'm so ill lying in bed. And you're like, yay, congrats. And then it suddenly dawned me, he thinks my COVID test a is a pregnancy <laughs> test. Yes, yes. I was t- I had and just glanced at it and was choosing to be joyful about like losing my associate national director yeah. for the next year. Well, so, but yeah. appreciate Which it. Which is whenever you do send a pregnancy test, I will of course be delighted. I'm not going to be sending you a pregnancy <laughs> test. <laughs> is that a thing? No. <laughs> you weed on that. Yeah, no. I, I, I did a little stick up my nose for, you know, COVID. COVID yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did think it was a strange way to let me know that you were pregnant. Yeah, well. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. Without further ado, we would love to introduce our special guest today, Reese Stevenson. Hello, Reese. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, you might, if you have kids, you might know Reese from CBeebies. Or if you're a Strictly Come Dancing fan, you might know Reese from Strictly, amongst mm. many other things. Well, yeah, they, I always get the Charleston when people see me. It's like Charleston or Hey Dougie. It's one of those kind of Yeah, two. okay. <laughs> Your Charleston was excellent. It's Thank you. I'm learning to say, just just take it, because the first one to do is be like, it's fine. No, thank you. I, I was that your it. favorite dance? Um, almost. It was Spider-Man. Yeah, mm. I always say, and I, and I think because I only ever did it once, and so it's kind of immortalized in my head as, you know, what, what an amazing time. But the Charleston is is great, because I can just bust it out any time now. Whenever people are like, show us a move, quick silver one, they all like disperse and they're satisfied. So you might not know this, Al, but I actually met Reese at a wedding. That's how we met. Yeah, yeah, our half. Yeah. Yes. yes and um, shout out. Yeah, shout out to Owl. And uh, Reese got onto the dance floor, and everyone was like, "Wow!" Because you were full on doing the moves with my sister in law. You I, guys were great. We went for it. Yeah. yeah, we did. It was great because she, because um, uh, <laughs> your sister in law, Precious, is. It was funny because I was there with uh, Beth, my fiance, and then Precious there, her husband, and both Precious and I loved to boogie. And then, but our partners are very kind of like quite timid and they're like oh okay okay and then so like they're like box dancers yeah it's like Bresh and I will be dancing with our partners and stuff and then at one point Bresh and I just kind of like did some kind of two-stepping together and like got down but like in a way that was kind of more like we were in like a dance group but it was just us two just (laughs) popping lock in and stuff it was great and Matthew and Beth slowly just moved out of the (laughs) dancing circle and left Precious and Reese. yeah let them have their moment it was almost like they let the excitable children just go out and have some fun it was great though it was like a live show of Strictly amazing really good my now cards on the table I'm I don't watch Strictly Come Dancing. That's fine. But I think people always expect me to jump over the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? But I've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, two daughters, 10 and 7, and they are obsessed. Like, totally obsessed, deep down in their bones. And every Saturday and Sunday night, they're allowed to have the iPad, and they like have a little TV night in their room, and they come running down going, oh, what was it this week? They're like, Flory came running downstairs, Flory 7. I can't remember the name of the couple, but it's Nikita and someone. Oh, you mean in this series? In this series, Nikita yeah, yeah. and Leighton. Yes, yeah. she came downstairs and burst into tears Aww. because, I don't know, maybe they got voted. Oh, oh bottom two. Yes, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And she was in literally in oh, floods of tears because they're her favourite two, Nikita and Leighton. And I didn't know what she was talking about, but it felt really important at the time. But I told them both that I was meeting somebody who had been on Strictly Come Dancing and they lost their minds. Oh. They absolutely <laughs> lost their minds. They've got a lot of questions they want to cover. Okay. What is Claudia Winkleman like? Cool. How much dancing did you do every day? Mm. What is Tess Daly like? What's Claudia Winkleman like? Give us the What's details. Right. Okay. Like? A lot of chat. 
around Claudia and the judges. Flory, in advance of me doing this, wrote, look, created like a uh, stapled together pack of oh. drawings of everybody in Strictly and the judges and what they were like in descriptions and Mopsy. And, well, so you would know what to um, say. Craig oh, yeah, yeah. teaching so me what they were like. And she, um, Mopsy is kind and anti, someone else, but Craig is not very kind and doesn't oh. normally give good oh. scores. Yeah, well, this let's, is all good. let's hear from the experts. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. Let me, let me give try us the and details. Let me give the, like, the lowdown on yeah. the whole thing. Um, all right. So, Claudia Winkerman is lovely and like incredibly witty, like dangerously clever with, with her jokes and stuff. And what you get on, on TV is kind of like 20% of what she could really do. But mm. obviously, it's the BBC, so you've got to be careful. But she's, she's hilarious and really lovely. Um, the judges, Motsi is awesome. She was kind of like my champion the whole time. She was almost like a bit like a big sister for me. Um, anytime I was kind of feeling like unsure of myself, she was there to kind of like slap me out of it. I've just said her name wrong. Oh. Big, but Flory wrote it wrong in my defense. Oh, yeah. so She's the, seven. The Can she spell? Yeah. Don't mix up the P's and the T's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Motsi's amazing. Um, uh, Anton is exactly as you see him on TV. Just this kind of suave, debonair kind of guy. He kind of, he kind of like swans in gives you a few lines and then swans off to almost just like a fairy in a suit. He's just like, hey, um, <laughs> clean your dishes before you go to bed. Boom. He just like disappears or something with a cravat. I don't know. And he's gone. And then um, you've got uh, Shirley and Shirley's actually quite shy when I, when I was spoken to her. She's quite reserved. But I'm so intimidated by her. She's almost like a head teacher, but she's very, very lovely. Uh, but yeah, very, very kind of really proper um, and classy. And then Craig... Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm bursting bubbles, but he's actually a really lovely man. It's yeah. all put on. There it's all an act. There are times afterwards where, like, if he said something that maybe might have been particularly maybe harsh or critical, sometimes he will go, or even after the show's done and stuff, or if you've got invited out, he'll, he'll come and say, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I really hope it didn't hurt. I'm playing a character. Like, he's, he's so he's, um, he's a really lovely man. He really is. He's, but that, that's just the... It's what he's got to play on strictly, but I feel over the years he's gotten sweet, he's gotten softer. Because mm. I think he used to be a lot more cutthroat back in the day, yeah. and now I don't think he ever gives criticism without at least giving like a little bit of positivity to people now. Mm. So that's that. Um, the show's a juggernaut. It's incredible. Like it's actually impressive how they do everything. How much dancing do I do? It was kind of like 10 hours a day. Whoa, really? Yeah, it was kind of mad. Like, so you do, yeah, do you have yeah. to like give up your job essentially? Yeah, yeah. Well, of... CB, well, CBBC, I came up with a deal with them and it was um, for the first six weeks, I would I would do uh, train Monday and Tuesday because I was down in London, train Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and then on the Wednesday, I would uh, do training and then travel up that night to Manchester. And then Thursday, I'd be on CBBC. And then, so that day wasn't wasn't rehearsals do cbbc and then after cbc i get on the train straight back no i'm lying i did monday tuesday and then tuesday i traveled up to manchester then did cbbc the wednesday traveled back wednesday night and then trained Ooh. thursday and then friday was rehearsals then we carry on so that was wow. the thing so for six weeks i did that and then after six weeks we had the deal that i could stay down and just like commit properly to the show okay because it was already so far along yeah yeah, yeah. Really deep in. well because by that point it gets so intense you need every single day to do it like you miss a day like when when now when you hear stuff where they'll say oh so-and-so was really ill had to miss a day it's actually a huge deal wow because you don't get that long to train in the week actually people always yeah. think seven days is actually four 
Wow. Because the Friday you're just you're you're you rehearse on the on the on the stage yeah. or the dance floor. Or the so you have to have it nailed by then, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you've got it because that that rehearsal is really for the cameramen and, yeah. and camera ops and and um and lighting and stuff to see how they can make it look great on TV. And you do you get three chances and then you go home and you rest. So you only get and Monday to Thursday. Like on, on the yeah. show. Could you already dance? Before. Yeah, I could. I was all. I did. I did street dance in school, and I loved. I loved. Oh. Um, I loved dancing. I had rhythm, so people always kind of. People always said when you're going to do strictly all the time, but I'd never done ballroom. I had no idea what ballroom was about. Okay. I didn't know. Um, you know, I didn't know how serious certain things were, like where you place your your thumb or your where your toe pointed where you when you dance. You know, for me, I just thought if it looks good, that should. Be enough, yeah. um, and I'd watched Strictly for years before I did the show, so I always thought I knew what you needed to do. And then suddenly it would be like Nancy, I'd do a move, and I thought that was great. And Nancy would mm. be like, "No, now your toe pointed left; it should point right." And I'm like, "But it looks good." It's like, yeah. "No, but that's it's the point. Right. They're going to be bothered by that." And I think, "Why?" I, so but, technical. So yeah. technical. I said it's it's one of the times where you actually do sweat the small stuff. Yeah. <laughs> go, I really sadly haven't got rhythm. <laughs> really sad sorry about that I can't dance at all they, well, see, they would work on that they, yeah. sometimes you'd be I out won, in the first round I would be out in the first round and I'd really embarrass myself you sometimes. should do I'm a celeb instead well I'm not going to do either <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're both on the table you never Imagine. know I get offered both every year I'm like no <laughs> if any producers are listening to the podcast yeah. I sometimes <laughs> argue that have that well, I think everyone does, but saying an argument that you have no rhythm sometimes actually helps you in certain dances because some of them are so technical that my natural rhythm actually was a bit of a hindrance. You had to, you had to rein it in. Yeah, I had to really rein it in. So many times, like, chilling out was, like, the main... On the show, like, my whole journey was about raining the energy it was always too much energy okay. which I always found really frustrating because energy was always the thing I was always praised for it was you know my job that I do energy was always a good thing I'd always known it as being a good thing and I thought how can energy be a bad thing mm. on a dance floor and enthusiasm and yet suddenly you get people who are like he moves back too fast and stuff or whatever and I thought it's a jive well, that's yeah. the point so you, um, it was a real culture shock because I thought oh this is dancing but this is this is like regimented dance and you've got to kind of do it a certain way. So like with tango or waltz and stuff, sometimes almost having no rhythm allowed the dancer to then really make your blank canvas and indoctrinate you into moving the way they want you to. Mm. Whereas I was almost, it was a battle between me and Nancy sometimes. She's like, do this. I was like, but my body wants to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be free. <laughs> I want to be free. Let off the chains and yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> On one of the episodes, Reese, they went to your church and you were able to speak about your faith a little bit. Mm. Tell us about that, like going behind the scenes of your faith. That was cool because it was uh, it was a couple's choice. And so on couple's choice, they're always about trying to get uh, a, a personal story from you. And so in my head, though, it's always something, you know, really deep. Like someone might have had a bereavement or an illness they overcame or, or something really deep that went on. And I didn't think I had anything like that in my head. Um, I mean, there was like my, my, my own mum had, had um, I remember my mum had had a, had, a, had a heart attack, but I just didn't want it, that to be a, a theme mm. of something. You know, I didn't, I didn't like the idea of kind of capitalising off the pain of my family member. Mm. Um, so instead I just went look well the most personal thing to me that I can talk about is my faith mm -hmm. I never really get to speak about it on, on TV because you know rules about certain things and, 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 and inclusivity uh, so I was like could I talk about that and I fully expected the BT team to go Reese, we'd love to but sorry you know we've got to think about the people and stuff and they just went yeah okay 
why not? And I went, what? And they said, sure. And in my head, I still thought, you know what? They're still going to strip down everything I say. So like, I'll think it's a victory, but they'll still like find a way to kind of neutralize it. But I sat down and they filmed, just went talk. And I just talked deeply about it. And, you know, I think one of the things that people really held on to was one thing I said was, um, God's always been the biggest constant in my life. Throughout my whole life, the one thing that's always been there has been God. Um, and it's never changed. And that, again, all those things they kept. And I remember being, because you don't see the VT until you're there on the show. So when you're on that dance floor waiting to dance and your heart is pounding, they're playing that VT in the studio. So wow. you're seeing it with everyone else at home. And I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, they've, they used it. They yeah. used everything. And then had the part of me going to my church of Nancy, like my old church in Romford and John's of St. James and talking with my, my vicar and um, talking about vicar, David Anderton and, and just like, just talking about what it was like to be in church. And then, um, and then also I was talking about representation as well and like comic books and stuff. So I was talking about two things that I really love, like kind of superheroes, comics, God, um, the idea that the reason that I loved comics was because it's about good overcoming evil, which I think is just the essence of, you know, the Christian message. And mm. they kept it all. And I thought, this isn't the BBC. This, is, this isn't, yeah. Yeah. they're all about being impartial and scared about, you know, people getting offended for whatever, whatever. And they, they just kept it. And, um, and then the response... I got after that week was incredible. The amount of people that said, thank you for talking about your faith and doing it like a normal person, yeah. not yeah. like preaching, just like being honest. You talked about it almost like it was a football team or something. It was just, you know, not to belittle it, but just going, mm. this is, this is normal, my life. This is what it is. Yeah, this is it for me. Did you, did you feel vulnerable afterwards? Like basically everyone I work with now, I basically like yeah. laid this on the table. Did, did you, was there a moment when you felt a bit vulnerable? I didn't, I didn't because everyone that I worked with knew that I was a Christian. So um, like, <laughs> in fact, one thing um, in CBBC, so um, Hacker the Dog, uh, his um, assistant, I would say, um, as called Phil Fletcher, and he's he, he's not a Christian, but he he jokes with me about it all the time, and I'm always in good jest with it. And if I say something that he feels is is not like on brand for me, that he thinks is a bit close to the knock, I might say a joke that might have been a bit like, oh, he'll go like, Reese, no, you're the Jesus one. You can't say that. Classic. But I think the most recent one he said is like, you're Christy, and I thought, okay, I'll take that. But I love that because I think for me, he's he's not saying that as an insult. He's saying that as a, it's for a me, that's a compliment yeah. of love. Like that's that's who you are. I like you like that. Don't change it. Mm. Um, so no, I never, I didn't feel it that way. But I think it was in terms of, it wasn't not that I kept it secret from people. I never spoke about that publicly on TV. And I think the fear was, it makes me. Uh, vulnerable to so much more scrutiny. If yes. I, if suddenly yes, I, I wondered that if whether or not it makes you feel like, well, now that people yeah. are holding me to this higher standard. Do I have to like feel the pressure to live this perfect life? Yeah, because it's you know then it then it could affect what show do I take? You know mm. what project do I do? Are people going to look at that and go like, well, why is he playing this character? Why is he hosting this show if, if he's a Christian mm. and he does this? And suddenly um, it becomes a lot more complicated. And so I just and 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 the thing is not. And it was the scrutiny I was worried about, really, from other Christians, not necessarily from non-Christians. Non-Christians mm. might just go like, oh, okay, he's into Jesus, cool. Mm. Back to the show. Whereas then Christians now will suddenly look at everything I do and be quite intense with it. You know, even things as simple as CBBC do Halloween. And mm. so we will dress up. And so for me, it's kind of like, all right, well, how do I navigate? Like, strictly mm. did Halloween week. It's like, how do I navigate this situation? Uh, and so that was the thing that I, that made me feel really vulnerable. I thought, right, now that card's on the table, 
there's a chance that I could be scrutinized for anything that I do. And I've just got to be prepared for that. But I'd rather people know who I am than hide yeah. that. So it was a thing of like, okay, but I, it, no, at no point was that a, a case for me to not do it. Mm. And how do you navigate it, Reese? Because I think there's a perception that in the media you can't be a Christian and it would make it really difficult. But I also think there's other people in other businesses or jobs, not in the media, but also would feel like, I'm not sure I can be open about my faith. It might make things difficult here or there. Mm. How do you navigate it? Do you have any advice for those listening who want to be more open with their faith? Um, I think integrity one is key. So if you're a person that doesn't indulge in certain things that many other people might think is normal um, or just you know part of the industry... And then they find out you're Christian already. Some might be like, I thought some, I, I sense something like that. So I've had people that go, I thought you were because mm. of that already. So that already helps in terms of if, if, if you are, if the way that you are is how you are with them, as how you are in, in church and, you know, mm. in everyday life, that already makes it a lot easier. The second thing I say is just being open to talk about it. I think I used to get really nervous if someone... Because I never initiate a talk about God, but a lot of people have with me. Mm. And I think at the beginning, I get so nervous and I almost try to finish it as quickly as it started because I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything that might have like contradicted or messed it up and then make them think, oh, wow, you've really put me off fully. Or I had this pressure almost like, this is my chance to convert or like, or like, you know, inspire someone to Jesus now. And I had to take that pressure off and just enjoy talking about it in the same way, like I said before, that people will talk, enjoy talking about football or a passion. I love people who are passionate about stuff. So I, I'm not into football, but um, I can listen to a person talk passionate about football yes. yeah. for ages because I just love, like, their eyes light up and their energy is different. They're radiating. And I'm like, that's cool. And it's like, if we can talk like that about Jesus to people. Yeah. So good. Even if maybe it doesn't turn them on that spot, they'll think, wow, this thing must mm. be incredible if it, if it spurs yeah. you like this. So being open to talk about it and the energy of which you talk about it is huge. And I would say as well, um, not being too offended by things. Mm. Uh, and by that, I mean, again, I, I, I work in an industry where sometimes people make jokes about, about Christianity or God and stuff and um, where it can be easy to take offense and be like, I'm upset by this. But sometimes... I take it in jest and I think to myself, look, God can handle a joke. God can handle things being said about him. That's not to say to maybe encourage it and mm. belittle that, but I think there's been times where people have joked and then I'll, I might say something that with the joke, but doesn't um, disrespect God, but in a way it makes them go, wow, that was a good comeback. Mm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And then, and then they kind of go, oh, okay. He can be fun. Like, oh, Christians can be fun. We can't, they can joke. They're not, so like regimental and serious so i think that's that's my main thing i think it's integrity i think it's enthusiasm with which you speak about god and i think it's not taking and i think it's learning to take certain things lightly and not taking yourself too seriously either mm. so good you talked um when you mentioned the vt and strictly you said there are two things you're passionate about um god and then the comic comic book superhero um and you talked about representation and like representation in comic books mm. Is that something that you feel is representation something you have felt passionate in um, the line of work that you're in? Yeah, and, it, like, and how does that play out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I when I started CBBC, I think the first thing I thought about was, oh my gosh, think about the black kids that are going to see me there and see someone like them. And not that I was the first black person to be ever be on CBBC, but by the time I joined, there wasn't many. Again, it was, it was like it ebbs and flows. 
So that was a big deal for me. And I really noticed it after, after I'd done CBBC, the first kids that noticed me when I was out and about were black children wow. all the time. Wow. And I was like, this is, oh, it's doing what I wanted. This is really great. Um, in fact, I think the first, the first time I was ever recognized, it was a black person, but he was like 17. <laughs> I went, what are you watching? Why are you no, watching BBC? But he was, it was like in McDonald's <laughs> and he went, yeah, it was like McDonald's. He was like, oh my gosh, you're the guy, of, you're off CBBC. Oh, I watch my little brother all the time. I see him. And I was like, oh, okay. And then from then, like it started. So representation's always been huge for me. I'm always looking at representation and things now and it affects how I consume media and enjoy things. You know, like, um, I like Bridgerton, I mean, I loved it. I love it for what it did in terms of the period drama. Because I, weird, weirdly enough, as a kid, I really liked period dramas. I don't know why. I just found them quite interesting. The, the world, the outfits, dresses. And then as I got older, I kind of fell off them because I was kind of like, oh, there's no one who looks like me mm. in this. And it's always perceived as if like black people never existed. Like one day in the 90s, they just emerged from the ocean. And that was it. Mm. And so it was, I kind of was like, mm, not into it anymore. And then, you know, Bridgeton happened and completely just yeah. race-bended yeah. the whole thing. And I thought, this is amazing. Yeah. I love this. Suddenly we've got, like, a Duke. That's a character I always would have loved to have played, but just thought, that's, I can't because I'm not allowed to. Yeah. And then suddenly that happened. And so, and then, rep so representation, all of these things is a big deal for me. You know, um, even, you know, one thing, and, I, and this isn't to kind of um, attack the show, but, like, Friends is a whole thing. I remember talking about... Um, Friends with a, with someone, friends of a friend, <laughs> and uh, and he was black as well. And we were talking about it. And he went, oh, I've never watched it. And I was like, Oh, why is that? There's no black people in it. And we all yeah. went, uh. Oh, oh. And we're like, There's Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then I was, I was, I remember sitting there trying to think of like a black man, and I went, I can't think can't of think one. Of and I still love the show. I think it's great, and you know, but I think it's really important to realize that that was something, and that was the nineties, and it yeah. was New York. You know, there was yeah, really yeah. no excuse that that was what it was. So for me now, I'm so on representation. If I see someone that doesn't look like me, and it's not just black people. I'm like, where are the Asian people? Yeah. You know, where, where, where's there not someone who's Indian in this or something, something, something. So for me, I'm not just like, oh, there's a black person. There's an all white cast after that. I'm fine with it. I, I'm, I'm looking at everything. Do you feel like it's a gospel issue? Like outside of like our culture, do you think that there's like, um, that, that perhaps is fueled by your Christian faith or the, you know, the, uh, of representation yeah um, I guess in a way I think it's more of the human side of me but then the human side of me I just think is intertwined with, with Christ so I guess yes it is yeah. um, but I do I, I just think everyone deserves to kind of see themselves hmm. in a way um, but in, in fact though even with within Christian media I think it's got to, it's so important as well because I think you can see stuff where Sometimes I'll, I'll watch, I'll even like if I'm watching, a, seeing a Christian thing and it's like an all white, you know, you know, like on the on the preaching team and stuff and it's all white and especially like all white men or something and where that was the norm 20 odd years ago. And I'll look at that and I'll kind of think, I won't switch off, but there's a part of me that's just kind of thinking, why is this the way it is? Mm. You know, and maybe, I don't know, maybe again, these were the people that just were available for the job or the best ones for the job. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But then again, if you want Christianity to be for everyone, then you've got to show that. You need to show that in, in your people that you're, that you're putting on the stage. And not even on the stage, behind the stage as well. That's another thing. It's 
you know, who behind the scenes, who's your, who's who's the camera up here, who's who's doing the sign, who's checking all of that kind of stuff as well, because not everyone wants to talk on stage. Maybe they want to be in the technical side of that. Mm. Is there representation there? I think sometimes we just get a little bit complacent and forget because, you know, especially if, because the thing is, if you're a white person, you've grown up mostly around white people and stuff, you, you might, you, you, it's just not on your mind. And that's, that's okay. That's fine if that's in your day-to-day life and you find that, oh, I don't have many black friends or Asian friends. It doesn't mean you have to go out and try and collect them. It's not Pokemon, but be aware, you know, be aware of other people, be aware that there are other cultures out there. If you want to discover that, that's great. If you're not that interested, at least just respect it. But then if you're going to do something that's going to go on television or that's going to be viewed by the masses and you want to have a diverse audience, have a diverse cast. And presumably we are, people are created in God's image. And if we're ever going to try and reflect both as the church, if we're going to try and reflect God, we do that better if all of us are represented because yeah. God didn't just make white people in his image like you know we are the more diverse we are the better we reflect Absolutely. God's character and, and people and it's funny because you you know I feel like Christianity Christianity has been and the gospel has been taken by so many people but like rewritten in so many people's own image that sometimes you've got people who actually believe that the people in the Bible that they're reading about were white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're there like, no, yeah. Jesus wasn't. Like, none of them were. Like, the white people were probably the Romans. And they're perceived as, like, the antagonists in this whole thing. And people don't get that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, representation for me is just, you know, I'm... I'm I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm militant. Maybe I'm militant about it. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not visceral. I'm not violent about it. But I'm just... I'm passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. So, good. Yeah, if I don't see it, then I'm kind of like, okay, I'm switching off a tiny bit. Mm. It's really good. Um, we haven't got long left to ask you, but I've got uh, a question. If you could be on any TV show or you could play any character from TV oh, history... Oh, good question. You can answer if you want as well. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like it's such a... Oh, man. I wish I'd better answer. But, like, Doctor Who is yes. massive. Oh. I would have loved like I ever since you still like, could, could David Tennant was yeah I guess David Tennant, David Tennant was elite. elite and I was like oh I'd love to be like the first black doctor shoot he got that now which is yeah. chill but I'll take second I don't he know he is gonna be good though. he's gonna be so Ooh, good, be but good. I, would, I would love to be in doc- that playing the doctor would have been amazing but now as I've seen it as well maybe even the master I th- there are so many characters in that universe that I would love to play so, um, yeah, Doctor Who come, is like the first thing that comes to my head with that one. Because, again, like, Doctor Who is that thing that's for everyone. You'd and be a great Doctor Who. Yeah, you would. I love it. You need like a little bit of... I'd, I'd, I feel like I'd be, a bit, I'd be a bit of like Matt Smith's energy. I'd just be like a puppy running around the TARDIS. <laughs> I would... Oh, it's going to be a great new series. If Russell yeah. T. Davis is checking this out for whatever reason, bro, yeah. I'm well, always... Yeah, you heard yeah. it here first. Why? Yeah. Who would you be? <laughs> I don't know. I've said it and I had no answer. I'm trying to think in my head. I don't know. I think I would do any kind of like princess movie i know that's so gaily <laughs> but you know to like wear a big dress and be all princessy and like yeah, yeah. i grew up on chick flicks so cinderella story you know yeah would you be would you make it the kind of print would you make it like classic princess or would you have bits where she's like like more independent like fight like look oh yeah like Bar- i'd be i'd play i'd be margot robbie in the barbie movie <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that is going. my dream i would that be every kind of barbie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I Boss would Barbie like and to play Barbie. Roy Kent in Ted Lasso. Oh, <laughs> yes! Really can, you, can you do the, like... 
I've started watching a few <laughs> no, of them. I'd be terrible at Roy Kent. Roy Kent is brilliant, though. He's just, I, I agree with you. Like he's because I love Roy there's something about playing a character that's so different from you, and he's so angry. Yeah, but he's sweet as well. He's like he's a good man, yeah. but just gruff and yeah, yeah, and yeah. I exactly. yeah, he's brilliant. That's great, Reese. It's been amazing having you on the. Po- Thank you so much for coming all the way down as well from Manchester to join us on the podcast. Guys, absolute pleasure. It was worth it. I, I, I wish it was longer. It was so much fun. Yeah. Thank really you, Reese. Well, if you've enjoyed listening, if you have any more forty before. 40s for Al, please do send them in. You can DM us on our socials, Run Alpha, or you can email us at uk at alpha.org and put podcasts in the subject or send in any questions, anything you're curious to know. We'd love to answer it. But thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. See you.